Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Peter Dowd of theirishgardener.com uh, joining me. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well, uh, thank you. OK, let's get straight into questions that are coming in to us uh, this morning. Now, I know John Paul sent you on a picture. Did you get that of the lemon tree? I did, of the citrus back okay. then. Oh, right. I did. OK, the, the, it's, it's a picture with a question. This is a picture of our lemon tree, which has been doing great in a polytunnel. However, since the freezing weather recently, the newer growth seems to have withered. Is there anything we can do to help it recover? It has withered and it's... It, it, uh it most likely, as they correctly say, from the from the very cold temperatures. But it also it's a symptom as well of of getting too dry with the cold. So uh, I, I, it's, it's it's not irreparable damage or anything like that. I would probably actually prune off the withered growth and just give it a dry. I can't see obviously from the photograph how damp the soil is around it or, or if it's bone dry. And normally with a citrus, obviously you would err on keeping it very dry. But um, 
it, you can't be too dry either. So I would give it a small drop of water if, if it's not if it's very dry at the moment. Give it a small drop of water. Cross your fingers for no more low temperatures. And it's a good it's a good example actually of even in a polytunnel when we get temperatures that low, certain plants like your citrus would need to be protected with a bit of horticultural fleece or something over them. Um, hopefully, hopefully we won't get those low temperatures again. But I hate to, to keep reminding. I seem to do this every year. February is normally our coldest month. Mm. Uh, I don't know if the records back me up, but I know we all often get a cold spell in February. So we're certainly not out of the woods yet. So I would have a roll of horticultural fleece to hand, prune off the, the withered tips now, give it a drop of water, and and then as I say, if the temperatures dip again, put the fleece around. It. Well, I know we we have a minus two um, tonight, but I mean, when we got the really cold spell last week, I mean, we were getting reports in here of some areas where it went down to minus eight, minus nine. Yeah, that, no, that's that's cold for this part of the world, and a citrus even you see an un. A polytunnel or an unheated glasshouse will will keep the worst of the frost off off a plant. But when it gets to that, less than minus five, minus six, you still need to offer more protection. Are they edible lemons? They will be, yeah. yeah. They will be when they ripen. Now, the only thing, and I don't want to don't want to dis, dis, disillusion the the, the caller that. Um, also, what very cold temperatures can do is lead to premature fruit drops. So before they ripen, they may lose the fruit. So look, we'll hope for the best. Give it a drop of water uh, and hope for the best. That's, that's so much of gardening, Chris. It's trial and error. That's it. That's it. And then Tim was on to us. His eucalyptus tree uh, became dislodged uh, during the recent stormy weather. It's about eight foot tall and it's leaning nearly 45 degrees. He said the roots are exposed. Could he straighten it up and stake it and will it survive? Yes, yes, and yes. You can oh. stake it up. It will survive. They're, they're quite resilient um, and it will grow up. However, it will never be secure in the soil. It will always be at risk. So my advice, my strong advice is if it's near a house or a structure or anything, take it out because it will come down at some point. Easier to move it now at eight foot than it is when it's 58 foot. So I would certainly take it out if it's anywhere near a house or any kind of a structure. If it's, if you have plenty of space and if it falls, it's not going to do any harm, then grand, try restaking it um, uh, and stake it tight uh, and, and you know, really try and firm those roots back into the soil. Uh, but only, only if it's, if it's not going to be a risk. And, and I mean, at eight foot, it's not a risk. What I mean about being near to a house, if it's within 50, 60 feet of a house for a eucalyptus, that's too close. So it, it, really, you want a huge garden or a farm farmland really to be growing eucalyptus. Did you say it can grow to 58 feet? Oh and more, they can grow can to 100 feet and more. Wow. Yeah. And, they're, and they're very quick growing, Trisha. I mean they can grow to 100 feet in, in 10, 15 years you know, so um, well sorry, 60, 70 feet in 10 or 15 years, but the thing is that they're, they're, they, they have adapted over the millennia, they're native to Australia so they've adapted to regenerate, so they, they, they'll blow down uh, or they'll burn in forest fires, which is what happens obviously over in that part of the world but then they regenerate, so they expect to be short-lived, if you like, before regenerating. So they're, they're shallow-rooted. They're not a good tree to have anywhere near a house. OK. Uh, Liz dug up her begonia tubers for the winter. Uh, she wants to know, when should I start to plant them out again? I'm delighted to get questions like this because it means we're, we're coming towards the spring and yeah. we're not lifting them now. We're looking the other way. So it's still far too early. I wouldn't be dreaming about planting them even indoors until kind of March, really, March. If you want to plant them straight outside, I'd look at the second half of April. But if you want to start them off indoors in pots, 
uh, you'd be looking at March. March, April is plenty of time. Okay, Tess cut back St. Anthony's lilies when they finished flowering. But then she said they started to grow back. And now she said the leaves have what she's described as melted. She said it was probably from the frost. Does she cut back all of the greenery now? Yeah, well, it was definitely, not probably, don't worry, it was definitely from the low temperatures. Um, and that's a good way of describing it. They kind of turned to mush overnight. Yeah, so what's over the ground is, is dead. They, they regenerate, they regrew. Like if, if, if you look, remember September, we hit 30 degrees. So when things should have been going to sleep, they were actually starting to grow again. They got quite confused. So that's what happened. And then they got hit by this, this frost. Um, what's over the ground is dead. So really, you're just clearing it off for aesthetics. The, 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 the living part of that plant is under the ground and the, the low temperatures shouldn't have done any, any harm to, to the plant itself. It will come again in the spring. Might be a bit later, but, but it will come again in the spring. So what's over the ground, you could remove, absolutely. Hi, uh, Peter. Simple gardening question for you. Is it too soon to set a few seeds in a greenhouse? I'm not great at this, but I love pottering around. I'm thinking of a few nasturtiums and sweet peas. Absolutely. You're not, you're not too late uh, at all so, or too early at all. So into a seed tray, into a few pots of compost, into the greenhouse. And like I said there, when we were talking about the, the a minute ago, I can't remember, oh, my head has gone blank, but the gardening is trial and error. So just try a few packets of seed in the seed tray. Uh, sweet peas, the earlier you've sowed them, the better, because it means you'll have stronger plants quicker and earlier in the summer when it comes to planting out. So certainly the ones she's mentioned there, sweet peas and nasturtiums, will absolutely germinate indoors. Now, you keep them indoors till, till we're getting into April, even early May, which means you'll have lovely strong plants then. And well done to Tim. He's back in a flash to say thanks to Peter for the advice on the eucalyptus tree. Thank you for that, uh, Tim. Hi, Peter. I have a bay leaf tree. It's planted in a pot outside my front door. The leaves have white spots on them. And what I can only describe, some of the leaves look decayed. Any advice on what I should do to prevent it from getting worse? That's from Patricia. If Patricia could send us a picture, uh, just, sorry, I don't want to give wrong advice. Yeah. So just send us a picture, uh, maybe send us a close-up and, and a picture of the whole plant uh, and I'll try and give good advice. If Patricia gets them into us, we'll, we'll certainly have a look at it for next week. Okay, could you give advice? Listener wants to plant a magnolia tree. She has It's a small to medium-sized uh, garden that receives afternoon and evening sunshine. Is Is it suitable? Perfect aspect, yes. Afternoon and evening sunshine is perfect. It means it's probably facing west or southwest. What what magnolias? Did you say magnolia? She did. Yeah, magnolia. Yeah. Yeah. Mag, what magnolias don't like is to be facing due south or east that early morning sun because what will happen is the the flower buds are set on the magnolia uh, in the autumn for opening up in the spring, and what will happen is with the frost and the harshness of the sun in the morning, it'll burn those flowers before they ever open, so they kind of open brown and they look like they're burnt or frost damaged. So what she has is the perfect aspect where it's only getting sun in the evening. However, a small to medium garden makes it important that she chooses the right, the right species of magnolia because your kind of classic tulip-shaped magnolia, which is one called Magnolia sulangiana, will get quite big. You know, I wouldn't put it in, a, certainly not in a small garden. I suppose it depends what she means by medium, but maybe look at one called Magnolia stellata, which is the star magnolia, which is another real beauty. Uh, but it'll only grow to six or seven feet and, you know, a, a large shrub stroke small tree. So look into the varieties that you want. Spend a bit of time online or in your local garden centre having a look at the different ultimate height and spread because it doesn't matter what it looks like today or even next year. You're concerned about how it's going to be in, in 10 years' time. So just make sure you get the right species. 
but in terms of aspect, yeah, perfect. Okay, somebody else is, uh, people are discovering damage now from the storm. A red robin that was planted about 10 years ago, it's uprooted in the storm. What are the chances of it regrowing? It depends how badly it's been uprooted, Trish. I mean, if it's like Tim's eucalyptus where kind of half of it's up and half of it's in, then, then it'll probably be okay. Just, just again, stake it. I would cut it back very, very hard to for stability as much as anything else in the first instance um, uh, and stake it and try and firm those roots back in. Depending on how, how uh, if, if it makes sense, how aggressively it was torn out of the ground or how much damage was done when it was pushed over, that really is going to determine whether it'll be successful or not. But I suspect it should be. Cut it back hard. Make sure you're leaving some greenery below where you cut so you're not taking all the foliage off it. Uh, stake it again and try and firm it in as best you can into the soil. I'd say it'll come good again. Okay, and we're back. Somebody else in this uh, similar question came up la- last week. Somebody with ashes from the fire. This sister says, I only burn dry timber. I don't use any coal. And I'm wondering what to do with the ashes. I love the idea of putting them on the garden. But do I keep them until the summertime and uh, keep, put them to one side and wait? Or is it okay to put them out now? Not at all. Put them out straight away. It's wood ash. It's perfect. You put your you're putting potash into the garden, which is great for root development, flower production, fruit production, everything. So either either do what I do sometimes, which is the, the lazy way of doing it, and just scatter it around the rose bushes, um, or, or put it into the compost bin and let it work with all with all the other organic matter. But either one, no, you don't need to keep it. You can put it out straight away. Just just if you're putting it out, don't tip a whole bucket, you know, into one place because it'll just become a sodden mass. You know, spread it, spread it loosely. Okay, and someone else says her neighbour's daffodils are in full bloom. Is that unusual? That's to do with the weather, though, isn't it? Well, it is to do with the climate. There are there are some varieties, obviously, which are earlier than others. There would some there are some varieties which would naturally flower from December onwards. But the majority of our daffodil varieties would would be you know March. It'd be in full flower for Daffodil Day, kind of third week in March. So yeah, we're we're two months too early, but it is it, the climate. It's definitely whether whether. It's a one-off or not. I don't think the plants are certainly flowering earlier every year at the moment. Okay, and Dan, it's funny, you've, you've sparked a debate now about eucalyptus. Dan says, my neighbour has a eucalyptus tree which is taller than the top of their two-storey house in their backyard. It's about four metres from the house and it's leaning over the garden wall into my backyard. It's proving a difficult job to get them to cut it, says uh, Dan. Yeah, well, the problem is if there's a storm, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm, I'm certainly not going to get involved. No, in no, not, not in the neighbours. Keep talking to him, Dan. Keep talking to him. Okay, okay. Yeah. And someone else says, could you ask Peter, has he cut his grass yet? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I haven't, but it, the only reason I haven't is because it's just been too wet. I mean, I would be out there cutting it. So the only time you don't cut your grass is when it's physically frozen or, or when it's waterlogged. And I think like every lawn in the country at the moment, it's, it's still just too wet to get out and do it. But if I did get the opportunity, I certainly would. Okay, you're, you're waiting. All right, yes. listen, we leave it there. We'll chat to you again next week. Thank you for that. Thanks, Trish. I look forward to it. Have a great week. That is uh, Peter Dowdle at theirishgardener.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.